Hello there and welcome to the podcast. It's John Markar here and I thought I'd just jump in with a very quick but very important message that I wanted to share with you before you delve into this episode of the Driven Chat podcast. This podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now come to an end. But don't worry, I'm not going to stop you from listening to this episode or from catching up with the 185 episodes that we've recorded in this format. I just wanted to let you know that if you're looking for our new episodes recorded after December 2023, then you'll need to seek out our new podcast, The Driven Podcast. You can find The Driven Podcast in all the usual podcast platforms, including, chances are, the one that you're listening to this one on right now. So please do enjoy this episode, share it with a friend by all means. But when it's done, don't forget to search for the new podcast, The Driven Podcast, and subscribe to the new format to hear the new stuff. To make life easy, head on over to the Driven website via driven.site. There you will find links through to the new podcast, including links to your preferred podcast platform. And hey, whilst you're there, why not check out everything else we do, including hand-picked automotive news stories, car and bike reviews, video features, and even more. For now, though, I'll let you enjoy this episode. And I will remind you again at the end of the episode, but for the future reference, this message is approximately 1 minute and 30 seconds long. That's six clicks on the 15-second skip button. Enjoy. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, my name's John Marker and welcome to this week's episode of the Driven Chat podcast the driven chat podcast in association with paramex digital you dream it we bring it to life find out more at drivenchat.com right well welcome to this week's episode where as you might have guessed from this week's title what happened to amy shaw we will be basically answering that question um the question being where is amy shaw we we just don't know I'm here. <laughs> Hello. Oh my god. <laughs> I am so happy to be back. <laughs> I am so happy that that you're back. Uh this it feels quite surreal. We're sat, it feels like the olden days. We're sat in our <laughs> makeshift recording studio and I can't stress the term makeshift enough. Uh makeshift recording studio in our offices in Coventry. I'm sat at a table and in real life, in flesh form, <laughs> opposite me is Amy Shaw. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been really nice. The couple of times that I've seen you since I've not been on the pod have been like across the assembly area at Festival Speed when yeah. I saw you and I was like, John! And then, <laughs> and then that was really nice. And then the about only about two weeks ago, actually, when this strange person on a motorcycle like kind of waved at me about taking pictures and I was like who the hell is that that's weird like you know full-on helmet I, I, I had no idea who you were and then as I got close and you were like hello <laughs> and I was like 
John. <laughs> I, so that was at the Malay Mile. It was. An event we both attended. And yeah, I, I forgot that when you have a motorcycle jacket, helmet with visor down, and a GoPro strapped to your helmet, which partially covers your face, and a pair of sunglasses, and you wave frantically at your friend, <laughs> your friend might not actually necessarily know who you are. I just thought you were some strange person that wanted me to take that <laughs> photograph. You know, sometimes I'm trying to get a nice shot, and then you'll get this person that just thinks it'll be funny to jump in front and be like, huh, photobomb, and I'm like, could you please beep off? <laughs> how, about, how about no? <laughs> it was that. So I was about to go to you. I was like, how about no? And then I realised, it was you and I was like oh yay John I think I lifted the visor and took the sunglasses off and you were like oh oh you're a friend so that was nice I didn't treat you very nice I didn't treat you not nicely but I was I was on my reserved kind of Amy and then I was like you were Who there are you? you were there to do your job and I respect that it was like trying to trying to pat a, a service dog or something it's like no I'm working don't Fuss me. But then I saw it was you and I was like, all the fuss. <laughs> so this is really nice. So this week, um, we, we're not bringing you a guest. We're not bringing you a, a personality from the, from the automotive. Well, in fact, we are because it's you, <laughs> Amy, I've decided. Um, and, and it's been donkey's years. Uh, firstly, like you say, since you've been on, the episode, uh, been on the podcast, in fact, the last full episode, the last recording that went out, you and I together, was the 18th of April. That was no. with Jackie and Ellsworth. What? Yeah, so you've been you featured twice since. That was the episode one hundred. We all said a quick hello. Yeah. Um, and then of course you came on for the Festival of Speed special as one of our people that we walked around <laughs> and spotted. But yeah, hey, April. That's ridiculous. It's August now. It feels like that chat with the, uh, with Jackie and Elspeth was probably like I don't know middle of June or something yeah. like that. It feels like a while, but it doesn't feel like April while. No, like that's a while and a it's half. A, it's a long while. <laughs> yeah, we've both been very busy. Uh, clearly you've been very busy because, of course, you've had other things that have come along to take up your time, and we'll explore that. But look at this, Amy Shaw. I've printed, just for the proof of audio proof for our dear listener, uh, I've printed Amy and John's very official podcast topic ad- agenda. Shall I try and say that again with my <laughs> teeth put in? What I've printed is Amy and John's very official podcast topic agenda document. which nice. uh, which is here. Um, the agenda points, I will read them through in advance for two reasons. Uh, firstly, because historically, you and I have been very useless at sticking to an agenda because we just <laughs> side, get sidetracked. And I feel like if we mention them, then we have to cover them. Okay. Uh, the first topic is titled, Where the Hell Have You Been? Mm-hmm. Um, the second one is, What Has Amy Shaw Been Up To? I, pre- I, I realise those now, too, are, are pretty well joined up. Uh, what has John Markar been up to? That's mm-hmm. me. Sounds quite indulgent saying my own name there. Uh, <laughs> there's a topic here that I've written down. BMW X5s are massive and yet too small. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Malay Mile, we'll feature that. We've just mentioned it briefly. Royal Enfield Bikes, I think we can both talk about that. Yep. And then the thing I'm looking forward to most, and probably, in all honesty, the reason that most people are listening to this episode, if you are followers of our social media feeds, uh, listeners' letters, comments, stories, accusations, and more. I would be interested to know what we've been accused of. I'm like, is it true? Da, da, da. <laughs> is it true or da, not? Da, da, da. Uh, is it true? That's uh, a bit like that program, Strange But True. You remember that? No. Oh. Sorry. Really? Where was that? Strange But True. It was on a Friday night. This Again, I'm doing that thing where it's only really relevant to a small <laughs> pocket of UK listeners. Uh, it was called Strange But True. It was presented by Michael... Oh, no. Oh, golly. Hang on. I'll Google it. But it was called Strange But True with a question mark. And it was about uh, weird things that had been happening in the world of 
just just the world. It was like things caught on CCTV. It was like a ghost show. If it was like after 10 o'clock and I was under 15, I was definitely in bed. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that is quite possible. Um, Michael Aspel. I, I was going to say Michael Aspel. Yeah, it's Michael Aspel. Um, 1993 was the when it came out. And I remember okay. watching it. I was when young. Did it, when did it finish? I was definitely too young to watch it. I think it might have actually been... Uh, oh, it finished in 97. So there you go. I was six when it finished. Mm. Yeah. So I'm not a lot... I'm not that, not much, that much older, older than, than you. Than, no. I definitely shouldn't have been watching it. But it's my grandmother's fault. I used to stay at my grandmother's house on a Friday night and we'd watch 999... Again, a classic. I'm guessing that's like a police camera thing. Yeah. Okay. Sort of, yeah. And it was like true accounts of what had happened in the world of emergency services. Uh, then it was strange but true. And I feel like there was one other crucial Friday evening, possibly some sort of game show thing. I can't remember. Uh, my sister, who might be listening, Alice, if you're listening, text me now and remind me what the other thing was. Because <laughs> she was a bit older as well, still is. And um, yeah, she might have a better memory. But yeah, Strange But True was on. Why are we talking about Strange But True? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I did a little. How has this happened? I did a little thing and then it ended up becoming about Strange But True. Yeah. Anyway, um, anyway. pointlessly irrelevant, completely irrelevant uh, tangent there. And that's why we print agendas. <laughs> yeah. So, Amy Shaw. Yes. Should we stick to the, the order agenda of the agenda? number one. Where the hell have you been? Where the hell have I been? Um physically mentally spiritually all of them all of them yeah. um physically where have i been uh various countries portugal was the last one i remember Ooh. um that was quite nice i did a two-week road trip around portugal with um two great companies eagle e-types which you may have heard <gasps> yeah, of and nice. a fabulous tour company called tour de force where basically they get together with people that want to go and adventure and travel and do all the fun things like that mm. but who might not want to do it on their own and they're kind of they're, they're a tour group company and so um yeah i went for a two-week road trip with with all of them and nice. lots of lovely cars that was very fun um mentally wherever i've been uh being honest I'm kind of stressed but okay I'm happy yeah. happy stressed this is good but it's, yeah. it's it's busy it's it's got about between busy it's had the kind of like the two years of not doing that much, and then suddenly it's like, oh, hey, do yeah, everything. Yeah, all the <laughs> and Now, or do it all now. And then you're like, oh, okay, then. Um, and then, oh, I got engaged. That yeah. was, I was about, <laughs> you know, I was about to say, there is one life event that's happened. <laughs> yeah, I, that was quite a big one. Yeah. And so, yeah, now I'm starting to think about that. Um, and obviously, because I'm somebody that's really impatient and, and likes to kind of over-excel where I can, um, I'm getting married like April next year now. So, Are um, you? Yes, yeah, so it's not. It's a, it's a it's a short short engagement. Wow. So it won't even be engaged for a year. By the way, I can't remember if I've sent you the save, save the date. You're definitely coming. No, you haven't. <laughs> you can definitely you go. Um, do you want me to put it in my diary now? You can do. Um, let's not say the exact say date the exact on the... Uh, we'll do that afterwards. But yeah, um, yes, I'll, I'll, I will be there. Um, amazing congratulations your girlfriend's to you also and very Will. much welcome so. oh good <laughs> just to put that out do you there. hear that amy you're in <laughs> we're, we're both going yay um that is very exciting and so, obviously yeah, yeah it's it, it is nice actually because our audience if those of our listeners that have listened to every episode not only are you our favorite people in the world but you also are. you will have heard from will amy's fiance mm. uh, because of course you had your episode together that's one that still to this day gets loads of comments cool. on uh, both the review section but also people generally emailing about it and on YouTube, we also put our episodes on YouTube, uh, just the audio files. They don't get an awful lot of views because they are just audio files, but occasionally get people comment on there saying really nice things, which is really nice. In that episode with you and Will talking about your daunting new venture, 
Um, that's the workshop, by the way, not the engagement. The daunting new venture. <laughs> both, both daunting. Both still. daunting, both stressful. Um, but both will be massively rewarding in the long term, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, so um, that's really exciting. Yes, yeah, yeah. so congratulations. On behalf of our dear listener, congratulations. Well, Amy thank Shaw. you very, very much. So, very um, yes, we're, we're trying to plan everything, but of course it includes some form of, um, there's, there's a, an hour drive between the church bit and the party bit. Oh. So. You are encouraged <gasps> a road to trip. bring yes, oh, exactly. So this is going to be a good wedding, convo- exactly. So, but we were trying to think about should we stop halfway for like you know a bit of a snack and a bit of a beer or something like that. But then my mother, bless her, was like, you cannot encourage people to be drinking and driving. No, and I was like, that's fair enough. No. We may as well just make it like a really nice convoy. You know, an hour's fine. We can get from. Point why a don't point you B. do? Mm-hmm. Don't mean to put ideas in your head. <laughs> why don't you do a prize for the most creative commute? Oh, so like, yes. yeah, people could come along in weird cars and motorcycles. Someone might try to do it in a balloon <laughs> and get completely lost because the wind's blowing in the wrong direction or like a homemade helicopter. <laughs> I think that, that could be good. I'm going to put that on the invitation. <laughs> when the official invitations go out, this is going to go on the invitation. This is fantastic. I'm definitely going to do this. It's at the minute on our little like save the dates that I've like WhatsApped to people because yeah. I've not spent any money on invitations. I've been like... Uh, I think I've put um, classic cars are encouraged or oh, fun cars are encouraged. So, good. so anyway, we'll see how this goes. So um, what a wedding! A friend of ours has just bought a bus. Um, oh my! Uh, do, do you know if you see, I know, you know about the friend? This bus. Can we say Matt's name? I'm going to say, Matt's, say name. Matt's name. <laughs> that what Matt has bought is the mother of all motorhomes. So uh, yeah, that is that is amazing. It's uh, yeah, effectively a coach that's also a motorhome that's also a. It's like made of chrome. It's like an airstream, but it's not. It's just incredible. Fantastic. I think it's the the walls are carpet or something like that. Brilliant. Yeah. So anyway, Brilliant. but no. So that that's so far what, what what's been been going on. Um, we've had the workshop now for almost a year. So yeah. it'll be a year this month, um, which has been the most. Uh, I can't cannot even begin to describe the scariest. Mm. most rewarding but mainly stressful scary thing I have ever I don't honestly I don't even think having children would be this scary because mm. loads of people do that and most of the children end up growing up to be decent humans and yeah. it's all fine Yeah. whereas with the amount of people we've heard that either started businesses workshops mm. and then it's all gone bankrupt or whatever and we're just like this is scary and yeah. then suddenly you have employees and then they have mortgages and families and you think that's scary yeah. because then you're there. They are your responsibility, and they have responsibilities. And you just think, oh, it's all on, it's all on us now. And mm. so we're like, we better make sure we do a good job here. And it's all, yeah, really scary, but also really good. So, <laughs> but what? I mean, at the same time, the some of the things that we've had to learn, especially in the last kind of probably two months or six six weeks, I'd say, that we had, I think, three. Mm, two really bad and one kind of bad thing happen mm. in the same week. I won't explain. I'll explain to you maybe off off air because it's it's quite intense. And mm. so, but honestly, it was the point where we just kind of looked at each other and thought, "We how the hell are we going to get through this? This mm. is really, really not good." Um, and then you just kind of things just work out, and then things weren't as bad in the end, and it all ended up actually okay. And we're like, okay, and we learned a hell of a lot. We've learned so much from mm. from those few things that have happened. And so I'm glad that they've happened. They happened the best time in the best way possible, but it definitely puts a strain on everything around you. And so yeah. suddenly you're like, okay, well, 
I don't think I opened my my own photography inbox for literally about two weeks. I was like, I just, I, all of my energy has to now go into making sure the workshop's okay. Yeah. And um, yeah, mainly from mistakes that we had made, not not in terms of um, anything to do with the cars, more personal mistakes that sure. we've made. And we're like, right, we can never let that happen ever again. And it's, um, yeah, that was that was really scary. And so, yeah, and then... Oh, anyway, it's yeah. That was that was a, that was a lot. And it's, then <laughs> it's kind of refreshing to hear that it's not all plain sailing. I think there's this illusion, isn't there? We, I mean, we we have done. We've we've fallen guilty of this in previous episodes, which is kind of like encouraging people to take that leap and go and do that mm-hmm. big scary project. But we'd be daft if we tried to make out that it was always plain sailing mm. and it was always easy. You know, there are times where it gets really stressful and really tough. But at the points that you get through these difficult phases you then look back and realize okay this is why it's hard work and this Mm -hmm. is what it's for which is kind of crucial really isn't it it's refreshing to hear those stories from time to time that that kind of demonstrates to people it it isn't it's not easy to Mm -hmm. do what you want to do it's not just a plain sailing oh i'm gonna have a go running this business and Mm -hmm. i'll just do that and then i'll be a millionaire (laughs) it is actually it's hard work but it's often if it's hard work it's often worth it being hard work isn't it yeah it's i think we in well at least my my head i've I've thought right with the first three years are going to be the hardest it's probably going to be really pretty tough for five years Mm. and we'll probably feel comfortable after 10 and so like i'm in my head i'm i mean we're in it for the for the long haul with this but the struggle is real, <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is fine. Um, but also, it's yeah. What's what's quite um, which what I think I'll probably do in about I don't know two or three years time when things have hopefully start to settle in is that I've been making like very like one line diary entries when things happen with okay. the workshop, and initially it was a almost a daily thing which something would happen where um, I think I've titled it in my phone something like the story of how it began. Nice, and it was um, yeah, it's. Uh, basically, the, 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 there's been a few more things that have had to be put into that. Mm. <laughs> it's, um, each one of those will be, could be it, I know, its own like podcast episode. So I've said to Will, I said, in the future, do you fancy doing like a podcast where we go through all of the things that happened at the time where we couldn't really talk about it at the time? But, yeah. you know, it's to do with um, you know, like customers or things that where we went wrong or like staff things. And you just think, OK, this isn't something that we can do now, but we could do later. And it could be not in terms of a gossip thing, more of a, mm. a learning thing and being like okay wow this was a this was an adventure in its own so um yeah that would be the plan with that but um, i definitely think as well we should do seeing as you're coming up to a year i'm trying to think when was the when did your episode with will go out october i think oh was it october it was october okay yeah so i'd say why don't we when we get to that point up to a year i'll come down with the microphones we'll do a bit of a like a three-way chat okay one year of workshop <laughs> and we'll dig into some of the other things we can talk about you know yes i think it'd course. be fascinating and i think our listeners would love that as well they'd love to hear that year on um first year summary of running a business like yours because it is it's an exciting business it's the kind of thing that i think almost everybody that's listening to this podcast would love to have some sort of involvement in but again it's not like going and starting up an Etsy shop or going <laughs> off and, you know, starting a small events business or a social media management company. It's you're dealing with really, really valuable assets that are, you know, intrinsic to some families, 
they're like looking after people's children, aren't they? Mm. But children that have been handed down from generations. <laughs> These are really, really special things. Yeah, it's um, no, it is like that. And so now I think um, I've I've lost count of how many cars that we've got on the in on the books at the moment. But also because I've I've my own my own kind of like you know from the fact I've not been on the podcast for so long mm. and you know the photography side as well. My that side of my life, which I love, has had yeah. to take a real back seat whilst Will and I have been trying to get the the workshop going. So. Up until I'll be, I'll be very honest on the, on the podcast as well. Up until probably two or three weeks ago, it was the point where I, th- I, I Will and I had to sit down. And I said, "Look, Will, this is really, really affecting us now as mm. well, and my happiness." And I said, "I've got to start taking a step back a little bit from the workshop now because it's too much on me." Because it, it, it was. I will be totally honest. Wait, it was. It was too much emotionally for me. And. Yeah. It's fine. You can you can keep up the motivation for so long, but then I was like, I have to take a step back from this, um, and it's definitely the right thing to do. So even mm. like to like my I, I was getting no, I wouldn't say anxiety or anything, but I was definitely getting to the point where I was like I was starting to freak out a bit, and I was like I need to just get con- some control back to m- mm. my life and the, the life that I'm used to, and I felt really guilty because I thought and I said to Will, I'm, like, I'm not leaving you in the lurch here to do all this on your own, but I've, yeah. I've got to try and to be able to support you and support us. I've got of to course. take a step back from something. So what we've done now. And this is the most brilliant thing as well. We've got a secretary, <gasps> so an in-house wow. secretary. And it comes in for two and a half days a week. She's fantastic. She's so good. So now we have um, a two, two, two full-time members of staff. Um, mm-hmm. One of our members of staff, bless him, has basically, had, for health reasons, had to step back. So mm-hmm. we've just managed to find a third member of staff that's going to replace him. Um, so our three full members of, uh, full-time members of staff, our secretary and two apprentices, and then Will. And then me, although I'm officially, I just work there all the time and I'm not employed. <laughs> so I just go and work. So, um, yeah, no, it's going well one year in. So um, and probably about 15, 20 cars or something and like five under the, under 50, yeah, under 50 chassis numbers or something like that. So incredible. Yeah. So it's I guess it's a blessing in a way to say it's a full workshop, isn't it? Full to the brim. Oh my goodness. And with all these, you know. The, the need and requirement and search for new members of staff, whilst that is terrifying, mm-hmm. I know that that's terrifying because I've been there and it is, hiring people is so scary. So, yeah. Once you know that you are effectively paying somebody else's rent mm-hmm. or mortgage or putting food on families' tables by employing them, you suddenly go, ah, uh, okay. Because yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. if this goes wrong for me now, it goes wrong for them. And yep. It's scary. But on the whole, if that's needing to happen then clearly you're doing something right as a business and it's working. Yeah, we so hope so. It seems to be going well okay, at the minute. Yeah. <laughs> so. I really like the idea of your little written down quotes thing. I think um, my prediction, I think you're going. there is going to be a book authored by Amy Shaw one day. <laughs> of various, variants of things from um, yeah, being a photographer to running a workshop and getting involved in all the other weird and wonderful things in this automotive world that you do I think there's definitely a book to be read yeah I mean shall I read out the first like literally four I'd love that okay so we're getting an exclusive here sorry um right with story of how it began so um so will these be like chapters do you think I think these will either be chapters I think these will be chapters okay then so um the story of how it began, 9th of August 2021 I don't know when this podcast comes out but it's pretty close this is going out on the 8th of August. Okay, so it'll be... So this happens tomorrow? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, so 9th of August, 2021. 
Will resigned suddenly from the place he was working. Oh, sorry, 2021. Yeah. This was last yes, year. Yes, this happened last I'm year. I'm having a yeah. stroke. No, don't worry. Um, <laughs> Amy, <laughs> hope you're okay. Um, Amy had to pick him up in their only working car, a 1974 MGB GT. They lived in a two-up, two-down rented from Will's mom. Uh, Will had £400 in his bank account. The only tool he had was a torsion bar setting tool. Wow. That was the 9th of August. Um, 15th of August, Will gets COVID. <laughs> 18th of August, yes. Amy buys a tow car, an 18-year-old Range Rover Vogue. Horrendous remember car. it. 19th of August, the following day, signed on a unit with a loan from Amy. Amy gets COVID <laughs> on the yeah, same day. Yeah. Um, 23rd of August, complete on the new unit. 24th of August, um, somebody uh, close to, to Will threatened to sue with an official letter from uh, solicitors that we got. Um, the 1st of September, uh, 8.50 a.m., the first E-Type comes in, a 1964 3.8. Uh, got insurance, uh, got chassis, um, this chassis colour change job on Monday. Um, and <laughs> I've written, <laughs> I won't read this bit out loud. A certain somebody incorporates a certain business name which frustrates us. And I've written because he's a beeping beep <laughs> is what I've written but anyway so that's you know that's um under a month of of, of basic things and it, and it goes on so yeah. um yeah and it's just anyway I've... there's a book coming or a Netflix documentary <laughs> or something something is coming so in answer to um where the hell have you been and what have you been up to quite yeah. a lot yeah by the sounds of things yeah but you know it's all been okay and so I mean if, if you'll have me back for a few podcasts I'd love to come back for a few of chats co- of <laughs> okay. course and our listeners have been desperate for you to come back so yes i'm very glad you're here i know well we've got a few things don't worry listen if you're thinking hang on are they wrapping up we're not we're not we're not we've got a long way to go yeah i'd like to know what john marco has been up to well (laughs) not as much (laughs) but we'll get there Uh, but yes um we have talked about potentially getting a few episodes lined up with Mm -hmm. some cool people like uh, the bike shed which would be amazing and a few other kind of motorbikey kind of people um yes there's going to be a lot for us to do. Um, yes, this is a, a great reassurance, as we said in the Goodwood Festival of Speed episode when we bumped into each other in that chaotic assembly area. Um, you haven't disappeared. You are still around. It's just that you do have a very busy life away from <laughs> driven chat uh, with non-driven chat things Um so yes, it I mean, makes when it comes to sense. winter, I'll be like, "Oh, hey John, hey John, you got any more of those? Uh, got any more of those podcasts?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to sit in a warm studio. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's um, that's a very good point. Yeah, well, we'll we'll do that. We'd be like the seasonal podcast listener. <laughs> I just have to disappear for two and a half months and over summer, and then I'll come back again. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. So it's going to be interesting. We'll we'll have a busy studio because, of course, we've got Rachel now as well, who's our mm. motorsport correspondent, and motorsport tends to also dry up around winter time so we're it's going to be the, the three of us sat here in a room drinking cocoa and <laughs> talking about uh, you know nostalgic car stories wonderful um, which sounds all right actually doesn't <laughs> yeah. it doesn't well, sound too bad at all i do now want to know what has john marker been up to uh well um aside from this weekly uh, which is, yeah, I'll be honest, it's kept me quite busy. And of course, there's, there's a bit more to it than just the podcast. If you are just a Driven Chat podcast consumer, um, then you'll be forgiven for thinking that all we do is sit down once a week and have a bit of a chit chat about cars and then we go off and do other things. But there has actually been quite a lot of other things. Of course, we've, uh, since your uh, busy period, we've moved our radio show from talk radio to talk sport. And that's mm-hmm. quite exciting. Uh, it brings with it a whole new working atmosphere, um, working out of the amazing News UK building, which is next to the Shard in central London so one day a week I get to be a London city boy again um, (laughs) it's not a bad view is it really it's not a bad view yeah there's a roof terrace where the canteen is which is pretty cool Um, 
I mean, we do actually go there to do some work, I should point out. But um, yeah, no, that keeps us fairly busy. And of course, there's lots of other things business-wise that are going forward, which, again, if you're a consumer of all things Driven Chat, i.e. websites and YouTube channel and other things, then you'll see this all starting to sort of bubble and grow. But yeah, changes are afoot and we're doing some exciting big things. Um, Can't say an awful lot about them now, but watch this space and you'll, you'll soon figure out, I hope, that the point that it all starts taking shape i guess Mm. so yeah watch this space um otherwise um much of the same really uh dicking about with press cars (laughs) riding motorcycles uh going to cool events and sitting down and having lovely conversations and i like that yeah a few of those events we've bumped into and crossed paths with um I've recently had to give back a Royal Enfield motorcycle, which is maybe quite sad. I had that for six months. I was about to say, you had that for a long time, yeah. and you were in love with that from very early on. Really was, yeah. Uh, that was really cool. Yeah, that was the Royal Enfield Continental GT Twin 650. Rolls off the tongue, <laughs> that title. For anybody that doesn't know, isn't that the shiny one? It's the shiny one, affectionately known as Mr. Clean. <laughs> that is the spec name, or... As uh, Caroline from Sherwood Blake, who is the brilliant PR company that look after Royal Enfield's press bikes, they call it Mr. Unicorn (laughs) because they're so hard to come by. Every single person that requests one from Royal Enfield all wants the Mr. Clean spec because mm-hmm. it is the one that looks the best, I must admit. If Do you I was... like polish it, then look down at yourself riding and be like, oh, hey. I, I have to admit. <laughs> How's it going, Mr. Marker? <laughs> <laughs> all bar the talking to myself in that voice. Uh, it's a very different voice. Now, I, um, I, I did find myself almost becoming a bit compulsive with wanting the tank to be as shiny as possible. Mm-hmm. And I did do a couple of cheesy like social media story videos where I'd start filming the reflection through the tank and then I'd kind of like take a step back and reveal the bike. It was very corny, as my friend Genevieve pointed out more than once. I have to stop doing that because it's very cheesy. Um, but People yes, I love a bit of cheese. It's fine. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I did. I did really, really enjoy that bike. Um, I only managed to do about twelve hundred miles on it in six mm. months, which is not enough. Um, but again, you know, life and winter and things got in the way a little bit. Um, but yeah, that was I was quite sad to give that back. But then, of course, it went back. I wrote a lovely article about it. Uh, I then got invited to the Malay Mile, mm-hmm. which, of course, again, long-term listeners, episodic listeners of ours, will remember from well over a year ago now, mm-hmm. we did an interview with Robert Nightingale, who was one of the founders of Malay and, of course, the Malay Mile. And I missed the event last year because something else got in the way. And then it was a very last-minute invite from Royal Infield this year to say, hey, want to come along to the Malay Mile and experience it. We'll set you up with a bike and everything else. What an event that is. <laughs> I've just written an article this morning Have you? Sort of talking about it and trying to put it into, I had 500 words, trying to put that event into just 500 words. I wouldn't be able to. It was not easy. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone that has read my articles on the Driven Chat website will know that I don't stop. I, <laughs> on average, it's between 1,500 and 2,000 words is what I tend to write because that's what I have to... That's how it has to be structured in my head. How on earth did you summarise that event in 500 words? Um, I think I just... It was along the, the lines of um, moto, polo, football, beer, riding, scramblery, party, tents. You should go. It was something like that with a little bit more beefed around it. That pretty much summarises it, doesn't it? Yeah. Because I, I was one of those people, even though I'd had that conversation with Robert, with you on the podcast, I'd seen photos of it, I'd seen a couple of videos of it, I still couldn't really grasp in my head the whole feel of what what it was all about. Mm-hmm. And then having arrived at the event, I was told by Royal Enfield to get to the event for 9am because 
there'd be a briefing and we'd need to sign some indemnities. And, oh, yeah, all the usual stuff you'd expect. I arrived at 8.20 uh, to be told or to be greeted by the security desk. Um, where's your ticket? I said, oh, I don't actually have one. I've been invited. I need to go and collect it. And then getting kind of directed into a field where I sat for a bit and then a security person came over in a high-vis jacket and said, oh, you need to go over there. <laughs> and I ended up over there, which turned out to be at the bottom of a lake where people were getting out of it. And I was mm-hmm. a bit confused as to what was... Anyway, that was the theme. It was chaos for the first <laughs> hour chaos. or so. And I was thinking, what is this event? Like, this is just... As somebody that's come from an event organising background, I was already starting to pull my hair out. Um, and then, of course, once I got to Royal Enfield and I signed all the paperwork, I realised very quickly that all of the timings that had been laid out for the day are just off, like... Don't worry about it. And at first, I was worrying about it, thinking, oh, I need to be there by that point, and then I need to be over there. And I think at the point that we bumped to, into each other, mm-hmm. before I was off to do our first event, uh, the, the sprint race, um, you'd very kindly said, uh, take, your, take your jacket off, take your helmet yeah, off. Yeah, so you, you sat there waiting. <laughs> you're you're going to be here a while. Yeah. Um, and then I think about half an hour later, I realised, okay, the timings... <laughs> are not timings at all. Mm-hmm. It's It should just be a list of things that will happen that day yes. at some point. At some point, correct. And then as soon as you realise that, it turns into the best event in the world because <laughs> nothing matters. And rather than people walking around, imagine going to Glastonbury Festival, dear listener, and rather than having to walk from stage to stage or from event to event, you just get on a little 125 motorbike or an old modified Harley mm-hmm. or a brand new electric zero motorcycle and you just ride there yeah no helmet no the one of the best like views i've got a photograph of it was um three girls laughing so much all on the same motorcycle no helmets but just having a great time i ended up being one of the three girls off that because we we were all camping together and then Uh. we all had to go down like to where the lose words we had like brush our teeth and you know get ready for bed and then we were just like oh should we just all go down together yeah hop on and you know squeeze (laughs) there's four of us on at one point and then the one at the back was like i'm just gonna walk (laughs) i fear for my life i'm getting off (laughs) Yeah. yeah there is a lot of that um yeah i don't know how they get away with it with the health and safety side at the moment i don't know either but at the minute I'm it's it's too late and now I'm too scared to ask so (laughs) I'm just gonna like I'm just gonna be like I'll try not to fall off or get hit yeah but what's what's I've got I've got a really great story it was so obviously this 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 amazing motorcycle um event at the minute has what seems to be I'm sure there's maybe lots of secret health and safety things going on there are Mm, like mm. there are ambulance people hanging around you know ready to help yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's okay um and nobody really goes that fast and it's it's yeah but then there was a story about um you know basically you expect that the might be a, a motorcycle accident where somebody yeah. might get hurt or you know yeah. somebody might if anything you know the worst might happen i was talking to a photographer friend of ours um huck you may know huck no i think his full name's huckleberry mountain yeah great name yeah yeah um fantastic photographer on on instagram um basically we're talking to him and he said i actually nearly died uh, this time last year on uh, this event i was like well, you know what, why? what on earth happened <laughs> He said it wasn't on a motorcycle. <laughs> well, like you were at a, a motorcycle event that has no health and safety, <laughs> and you did you nearly died not on a motorcycle, basically. <laughs> He's, he said I had a had a crepe, and he had a strawberry and a tell crepe. Oh no! And he was like, he saw his mate at the side of this lake, and his mate looked a bit sad. And he said, you know what? I'll sneak up on him, and I'll make him jump to try and you know, make him laugh and whatever. Anyway, so he's, he's got this crepe, he's munch, <laughs> munching away on the crepe. And he's just crawling up and he takes an in- intake of breath to do a little like, ah, you know, <laughs> inhales some crepe. Oh, no. <laughs> no. 
his mate mate has not noticed this but he's on, he's on his back on his back trying to like dislodge this <laughs> from his, from his, his mate's still at this point staring out into the horizon. He has no idea. <laughs> the, the first manages to dislodge this crepe from his throat, and then he's like <laughs> gasping, and his mate turns around. He's like, oh, "What the hell are you doing?" Gasping in the fetal position on the floor behind me, and he's like, "Just nearly died." <laughs> so, amazing. That is anyway, amazing. I was in bits laughing. So yeah. Moral of that story. Yeah. Is. Uh, don't try to surprise your friends with your mouthful. <laughs> no, don't. And motorcycle festivals with very little health and safety are just, absolutely fine. I do love the irony. It's a bit like you know being run over by an ambulance, isn't it? <laughs> Going to an event like that and yeah, where danger is around you in the form of two wheels and motorcycles, and yeah, it's a strawberry and some Nutella that, <laughs> that effectively brings your demise. Oh my goodness! Sorry, I'm still chuckling about it. Uh, but yes. So anyway, we should probably carry on with the agenda. We we've should. done the Malay Mile before the BMW X5s well, are okay. Um Yeah, that's true. We have. We can get to that. I mean, with, let's be honest. We always knew they were going to merge slightly. Because, <laughs> um, yes, I guess falling into that same category of um, dicking about with press cars and, and motor cars in general. Um, I'm trying to think what else I've had in the way of I have a story cars. as well. Can I tell the story? About what? Of the press car that I've got at the minute. Oh yeah, what have you turned? What have you turned up? I don't. I genuinely, dear listener, I do not know the answer to this question. Amy Shaw, what have you turned up to in the office today? Well, I have a uh, Mini Cooper S uh-huh. five door, uh, which many have lent me for three months. Um, nice. However, for two solid weeks of this three months, and the three months I think is about to end pretty soon, uh-huh. I lost the key. So over oh. the hottest, hottest days that the UK has ever experienced, where yes. all I really needed was a nice air-conditioned car to ferry me around. Ah. Instead, I had a Defender where the all the relays are underneath the seat and your bum and your back gets sweaty and you're like, mm-mm. So yeah, I lost the key. And then I was like, ah. I'm really... I had to email Minnie and say, I'm really sorry, Minnie. I've never... It, it was almost as if... You know if you've ever... Had, I've never done this, but, I, I, you know, having a press car, which then you either had a bash in or something like that. That, that guilt of having yeah. to email the people that have lent you, trusted you, with their yeah. vehicle and you're like hi oh, i'm really sorry can i um can i can i have another key please sent to me <laughs> because i oh, might have no. lost it so which is fine they were they were totally cool about it they're like these things happen i mean it's never happened so far but these things do happen oh. i was like i'm so sorry and the key has not the key been has found? not appeared I, I thought at some point it would appear in a coat pocket or Ooh. you know the, the workshop we might have moved a, i parked it at the workshop and then I, right. I watched myself back on the cctv being like what did i do and i thought it looks like i put my my the key in that coat and that i've checked that coat pocket it's not in there and i got in the, into will's defense and I thought, it's not in the defender. He's put, you know, pulled out all the seats and, oh. and it vanished. The only th- there's, a, there's a part in the CCTV where I've pulled the bin, the actual wheelie bin, to the car and tried ah. to open the car because it's a keyless thing. So I thought maybe that's it. And I think, that, I think it might have ended up... Oh, my guess is now it's maybe in a landfill somewhere because I think it might have... I don't know. That's oh, my only... Wow. It, it's literally disappeared, so... The mystery of the mini key. I know. But apart from that little bit, I'm loving it. I'm really enjoying it. So, yeah, um, yeah great so fun car. bigger one. Not the countryman as in the beefier one, but, like, yeah. it's the, 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 the normal size one of the, the Cooper S, but it's got... Um, five doors but the back right. doors are very short back doors oh i see really helpful though especially like um okay so i've got, I've got my dog as well so i, yeah. you know, I pop, pop the dog either into the boot with, well, not really in the boot it's got the the the, the levelly thing that shuts the <laughs> the bulldog would be, <laughs> be in the boot parcel shelf parcel shelf that's yeah. the one so I, I end up putting on you know tying her into the back seat kind of thing and you so you take the parcel shelf out 
I know. Or just fold the back seats down and make it into a van. I could, well, we have done, have done that as yeah. we've moved a few things down around as well. So, um, But basically, what I'm trying to say, great car, like the five doors. Like cool. the, the S bit on the end as well. Is it an auto? It is. I've heard a rumor. I think this is true, actually. I don't think it's a rumor. That from now on, BMW, uh, sorry, BMW Minis, Mini, are only producing automatic cars because oh. of the recent struggles with getting parts or so it, really? it's yeah it's no longer viable it doesn't make any sense for them to continue trying to produce manual cars so from a certain point if not already onwards uh, they're only going to be automatics now i mean i can understand it mm. i probably when it comes to a modern car i wouldn't use uh, i mean yeah i think i just always stick with an automatic uh, yeah with an automatic modern yeah. car um i don't know what do you what about you it's a it's a funny one isn't it i I think I'm one of these people that protests the uh, brilliance of manual cars up until the point that you do start driving them on a motorway or the <laughs> M25 and you're constantly in start-stop traffic. You're like, oh, God, I'd love to just have a yeah full auto. Um, but, yeah, it's I, I guess modern cars, they're, just, they're, they're far better for fuel economy and they just know when to do all the things they need to do so you don't <laughs> have to worry about trying to gear it up there are still people out there that insist that manual cars are better for like mpg and stuff but the truth is you're wrong <laughs> like <laughs> nowadays you're wrong that, that yes when the autos were like two and three speed automatics now they're like 10 speed autos um yeah you can't beat it no i agree but how is your x5 x5 yeah had a bmw x5 um now this wasn't actually a press loan to say Let's road test the car because, of course, the X5 is not the typical car that we at Driven Chat would test because we, we, we tend to try and opt for the kind of special edition sporty ones. It wasn't an X5M or anything like that. It was just the X5 X-Drive 30D. I think I've it's named that correctly. Lots of letters and numbers. Lots of letters and numbers. Um, and the reason that we wanted to test it, I say we as in Driven Chat, is because we are looking at replacing our GLC Mercedes is, is, is that we've had for two years, uh, which have been pretty much the most, whilst they've been very nice to drive, useless for <laughs> anything um, media related, because you can't film out the back of them because the boots are too small. Uh, legally, to film out the back, you need to have a split tailgate, so effectively something that if the driver decides to accelerate, your, your camera operator isn't going to fly out of the back because, of course, there's no block uh, to stop them. Uh, Range Rovers, um, the previous shape Land Rover Discovery, Discovery 4s and old L322 Range Rovers, like the one that you had that you absolutely mm -hmm. hated, yeah. uh, they're very good for tracking because you've got the split tailgate. The, yeah. the bottom can stay up and the top can open up. That way you can put a Luke or a Rich in the back and film cars from them. Uh, so we thought, well, BMW X5, this could be the perfect opportunity to replace the GLCs because they have a split tailgate. We can put camera operator in the back. Uh, we can film legally, fully insured, without the fear that we're going to lose Luke or Rich to the under tray of a Audi RS6 or something. Um, and it was all great. The car was delivered. We thought, right, that's it. Let's give it a go. We'll try it as a tracking car. And you know what? Too small. You cannot... <laughs> it's massive. It's a huge car. How is it too small? So it, in the same way that Range Rovers of late, and I, I appreciate, dear listener, this is a very niche requirement for a car. <laughs> But this is consumer car advice. Mm -hmm. If you want a car that you can sit in the back of and film other cars from, the BMW X5 you would think is the perfect option because, of course, it is a massive car. It has the split tailgate. You can fold the back seats down. You put camera operator in the back. The truth is, the reality is that modern 
SUVs, and the X5 falls victim to this. The new Range Rover falls victim to this as well. Uh, they have the, the roof slopes down at the back, and I guess yeah, this is slightly for aerodynamics. I think if you have a slightly airgear-shaped car, then it's better for aerodynamics, but that, of course, means that you then slope in from the back. And the truth is, most people, 99.9999% of people that are looking to buy a SUV or an estate car, um, they, they don't tend to buy it because they want to put a huge box in the back. They just need a bit more space, maybe for a dog or an children when you put the back seats up or something like that. Um, so, yeah, the reality of actually needing to put something quite tall in the back is, is few and far between, and therefore car manufacturers just don't bother. So, um, yeah, we borrowed one for a week, um, thinking this is going to be great, it's going to answer all problems, we're going to order one from our friends at Partridge BMW, we're going to buy it. Nope. Wow. So, yeah, we're back to the drawing board. I think what we're probably going to end up doing is, as a tracking car is we're going to buy an old L322 or an old Discovery 4 or something, use that as our tracking car, and then we'll just get a nice flashy little BMW. I'm, I'm edging for like a... <laughs> I want a little M3 or something, or even an M240i, because I had one of those recently on test, and it was so good. What made it so good? Just, it kind of reminded me of my old blue, my old Laguna Seca blue. There's a throwback for our first episode, <laughs> episode listeners. Yeah, is it the first one? It must have been the first five. Uh, yeah, possibly. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I've mentioned it, dear listener, but I used to own a uh, E46 M3 in Laguna Seca blue. Wow. Um, yeah, newsflash. flash. No, uh, no. It was a special car, and the M240i kind of reminded me of that. Similar sort of size, a straight-six engine, albeit turbocharged, but a straight-six engine. It just went really well. It, it handled brilliantly. Questionable styling, I'll be honest. <laughs> the front, I love. The back, I'm still like, not sure. Um, it just doesn't... always reverse park it, so you never have to see the back. Yeah, true. It's one of those things. You never see the outside of your car, so it shouldn't matter. But uh, maybe it'll grow on me. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, uh, by the by, I thought that car was absolutely brilliant. So it may be we might opt for one of those. But then, of course, we fall into that category that so many people are in at the moment, the struggle of actually getting a new car. Uh, of course. you just can't get them. Yeah. And What's I think, the lead time? Like six uh, months a year? I think, uh, according to Andrew at Partridge BMW, the, uh, we're expected to wait, I think, if we want an M240, maybe November. If we say we want one today, no, it's not horrendous. So it's not the worst. But we were looking at getting a new Defender. Um, for, I know that is that literally is a year. I, I, yeah. I asked, and they were like, "I couldn't." Yeah, the, my, my contact said I could maybe bump you up, so you'd only have to wait ten months instead of a year. Mm. And we're like, yeah, "Yeah, no." Yeah, we did the same. We've uh, Defender's been something we've been looking at, but the commercial one is mm-hmm. probably the same yep. thing. The hard top. I know where there is one for sale. <gasps> Genuinely, really? Yeah. Tell me after. Uh, well, I can tell you now, because okay, the listener won't hear this for a couple of weeks, okay. but you'll have the contact. Um, Land Rover Droitwich oh, have okay. one. Uh, they haven't yet put it up for sale. Right. We were given first refu- refusal of it. Ah. Uh, but we couldn't quite get an APR that uh, we were happy with for our monthlies. Got it. But um, there you go. There we are. That's right. a possibility. As and as if done. you haven't had it, then somebody else <laughs> listening can now phone up Kyle at uh, Land Rover Droitwich and um, see if they can borrow it. But yeah, that was another car. I borrowed that for a weekend because I thought that's going to be a perfect solution. And I kind of fell in love with it. I thought mm. this is the best thing ever because it's a van. You can actually convert it as well. If you want to put back seats in, you can. Um, you get all the tax write-off implications mm-hmm. because, of course, it's a commercial vehicle. Uh, but yeah, the APR was... Um, a bit, a bit spenny for us. Really? So, uh, if it's spenny for you, it'll definitely spenny for us. Maybe. Oh, well. That's 700 quid a month? Yeah. yeah. So, it's a lot of money, isn't it? It is a lot of money. I'm really, like, I'm tight when it comes to cash. Yeah. I'm just like, nope. You can. Yeah. So I drive a next type of state that's not worth three months. 
Ah, here's another question I want to ask you about car ownership. Yes. I heard a little rumour that you bought yourself a car that currently returns you the sort of MPG with a price tag, and there isn't many cars out there that you can say, how much does your car run per mile? Yep. Uh, but a little birdie in the shape of your fiance <laughs> told me that you've recently acquired a car. I'll let you reveal what it is. But yes. the car that costs one pound per mile to drive. No, it was 50 pence a mile, oh. I think. I'm sure it's, it might be, it's not quite a pound. It probably is about 70 pence a mile now with the current <laughs> state of fuel. But no, it was 50 pence a mile. He's got, he panicked with that. Okay. <laughs> pound? No. My uh, 1991 Jaguar XJS, oh. which has currently got a slight problem, which means it has no top gear and sometimes doesn't have a reverse, means that I have... If, I only, if only you had a Jaguar specialist in the family that could <laughs> well, help Isn't that me. funny? Because it's isn't that funny that yeah. even this morning, because it's still slightly broken, over breakfast, my lovely fiancé was like, so there's this XJS specialist, I might just send the XJS yeah. to. Because the other problem is, when you've got your own workshop, you've got all these cars that you need to sort for customers and you've got deadlines, suddenly your own cars are oh, way at the bottom way of the pile. back. So, yeah. But the, the crucial thing to mention is the engine that's yes. in your XJS and yes. the reason that it is 50 pence to a pound a mile <laughs> to run V12. Yes. <laughs> five five, five on... three litre V12. <laughs> <laughs> Of all, we've just we've gone from talking about the requirement of being frugal. Yes. Uh, to I bought a V12 in a fuel crisis. Yes. Uh, I got it for a good price, and I've not driven it much. So. What's the good price? Fifty pounds. Well, we. I think. Well, you know, I'm not going to say because I think we can sell it for a, a little bit more, oh, which is the which is. is the aim as well. So I think we got it for a very good price, and Will even knocked on the morning and picked it up. This guy was like, "Hey, do you want this to get this car?" And we were like. Oh, do not need another car. Can't bother to go and get it, pick it up from, I think it was like Salisbury or something like that. Right. And we was like, you know what? I'll just offer him this slightly silly figure. Anyway, chap took the silly figure. And oh, we were like, no. what? And then, then we were like, well, we're, we're going to go and get an XJS <laughs> then. So, you know, I'm trying to, you know, save money for a wedding, for a house. And then I'm like, oh, you know what? What I need is an XJS, which costs <laughs> me so much money. So anyway, no, no, it was always, it was bought always with the intention to sell fairly swiftly. But I said to William, I was like, you know, I'd like to drive it around for at least the summer for a little bit to enjoy it because it's a car that I've yeah. loved since I was about 17 years old. So, oh, And it's the one you did your first ever race in. It's the one I did my first ever race in, exactly. Yeah. Same colour, different spec, but I love it. Absolutely love that car. So oh. now we're going to get our, its slight little issue fixed first and then I'll probably not want to sell it, but I'll have to sell it. So, um, mm. yes. So if you would like to buy a very frugal <laughs> Jaguar XJS V12, yes. um, it's Amy Shaw Photography on Instagram. Send her a DM, say, I'd like to buy your Jag. <laughs> it is, it's very, very cool. Very cool. Very cool, yeah. Excellent. We should probably do some um, listeners' letters, comments, stories, accusations, and more. Let's do that. I Let's don't know do how much exactly time we've been that. chatting for. I've we, really been enjoying this. Uh, 47 minutes and 58 seconds. That's not too bad. Not including our little ramble at the beginning and uh, our speech and song yes. to Tom, our audio <laughs> producer. We always say a quick hello to Tom when we start our recordings. Uh, just say, hi, Tom, this is episode da 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 with Amy Shaw, da 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 And then in this occasion, we had a little sing-song. Maybe we'll include the song right at the very end of our episode so that our listeners can hear something that they would never usually hear. Yep. How's you know, about that? That's, I, uh, that's, if they make it that far, then they deserve exactly. that Exactly. There's a prize waiting for you right at the end. For now, we're going to cut to an advert break. That's if you're in a region where you get adverts. If you don't, it's going to be a jingle, and then we're straight back. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital.
and we're straight back. Just like that. <laughs> a second of silence <laughs> at 48 minutes and 44 seconds. And you get uh, maybe some adverts or maybe not. So, listeners, letters, comments, stories and accusations. I don't know where to start with this because I've got a list that have come through on the Driven Chat social media feeds. You got cool. a list that came through on your own feed. I did get a couple of my own feed as well, but I'm nowhere near as popular as you on Instagram. So, therefore, didn't get as many. Um Shall we let you start with the okay. question? Yeah, let's let's I'll, I'll start. I got some some cool cool responses. Um, I'm gonna go with um, what? It's an easy one. Mm-hmm. I say it's an easy one. It's probably it's it's a, it's a simple question, but quite a difficult. Are we revealing who they're from as well? Oh, we can do. Yes. Okay, then I've only got their Instagram names, so if they've got something yeah, silly. Okay, then so we've got clicks underscore automotive said, "What's the best car you've each ever driven?" <gasps> So, again, Ooh. simple question, difficult but answer. difficult answer. Yep. The best car I've ever driven? E46 M3. Really? Yeah. Does everything you need a car to do. You can drive everywhere in it. You can be comfortable in it. It's old enough to be quite cool. Uh, it's still relatively fast. It has a boot. It has four seats. There you go. Pretty good. Best car ever. Okay. I would probably say... And lots of people will disagree with me with this, but I don't care. It's my choice. Um, a an Alpine A110. Oh. I uh, not really the boot space, but I was, love it. I was prepping for Defender. I would Defender crossed my mind first, <laughs> and then I was like, too many things I've gone wrong with my Defender. Um, so no, and then I was thinking about you know classic cars and stuff. But I thought you know what, I'm going to go modern car. Absolutely love that car. Interesting. Would love to have one. I think they are way more exciting than. Other kind of modern sports cars, yeah. similar prices. You know, people say, "Oh, but they're not as good as a whatever it might be." I'm like, "No, but you know what? They're cooler." Like you yeah. just don't, you notice one when you see one yeah, driving. Yeah. They're super light. I'm great fun to drive. Would definitely have probably the best car I've driven. Dan Prosser off of Ignition right now is going. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, secret unbeknown to many is that Dan actually had one or has one and really? is about to get rid of it but yeah um, for a good price possibly <laughs> well here's the thing so Alpines because they're not of uh, they are of amazing heritage it seems weird to say it but because they're not kind of Porsche badged or Ferrari badged they kind of residual values is, for a lot of them have plummeted so it means that you can not great if you've had one from new and you want to sell it but if you are somebody that perhaps couldn't afford one brand new and are now looking at a very, very good second-hand sports car, they're kind of falling into that category of that's a lot of car for the money. Well, at the minute, Will and I have said we need to buy a, a car that can actually get us made to be fairly comfortably. So I was going to sell the X-Type, the XJS, and my classic Mini, which I've had for a long time. Whoa, you can't sell the Mini. Well, I know, but I've written my name and, and Will's name on the other two cars that we've got, so I, I kind of got to oh, keep them. I'm going to... I know where you live. I'm going to write Amy Shaw on your <laughs> on mini, mini tonight. I'm going to come out in the morning and it'll be poorly written. A bit of Dulux paint. Amy's car. Yeah. And then maybe a <laughs> phallic symbol on the back or something. <laughs> Make it totally un- un- uh, unable to sell. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I can't sell it now. There's a big... Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, it's not definite yet, but the, the idea was to to maybe just because also you know I think we might move house and it's it's the having a workshop even though you've got a workshop there's still lack of space so I just think maybe we should just get three cars and make it into one really good car mm. maybe this is the direction we go it's mm. totally I mean I think Will was thinking mm. a van but I'm like ah, Alpine <laughs> I think it's a good idea yeah 
I think so. I, I fully support it. There cool. you go. That answers your question. Um, person on Instagram. Clicks. Clicks. Automotive. Automotive things. Right. Uh, I will go in with one from... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Oh, I like this one. R1POY is the Instagram name. I don't know if that's supposed to represent a word, but R1POY. Amy, yes. what is your go-to lens? And John, one car, unlimited money, what are you having? Mine's an easy answer. Okay. Is yours an easy answer? <laughs> I'm going to let you answer first because no. Okay. But yeah, go for it. Okay. One go-to lens would be a Nikkor 35mm 1.4 which is 35 mil is how wide the vision is. So mm-hmm. 35 mil is about roughly, if you're shooting it on a what's called a full frame camera, yeah. um, it's roughly what your eyesight sees and all your peripherals. So oh, okay. it's a, it's, you can lift the camera up and with the lens on the full frame body That's and pretty much what, pretty you, much what you, see. you see. So it's a really fantastic documentary kind of mm. lens. Um, and then the 1.4 is talks about how blurry it is. So the, long, the, the lower the number, yes. so like I think the, the there's some lenses which are like 0.9 or something like that, which is mean, means literally the the hair on the end of your nose might be in focus, but then the rest of your face is, is out of focus. Which oh. it's got its places, but is this called an f stop? It's called an f stop. And does the correct. f stand for focus? No. Oh. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it doesn't. I think oh, it's something exactly. Latin. It's, it gets. I tried to look this up to try and explain this to somebody once, and then I was like, you know what, this is far more in depth. So it should make that would make more sense if it would, yeah. if it just stood for focus. So, um, but no, basically it is. Um, it's yeah, it's how blurry the background foreground is. I so see. The, I, the only time I ever see it, I do have a little SLR camera, mm-hmm. but the only time I actually see it frequently is when I dick around with my portrait mode on my iPhone because mm-hmm. you yes. can change the f stop there, can't you? Even you though can. it's kind of like fake yes but yeah. yeah precisely that but there we are ah. what, so what was your yeah what was your any any Ooh. money in the world car oh, it's, it's always a really hot, tough question isn't it it's so tricky um i bet it, any listener listening now if i yeah. was to count to three you couldn't tell me which one would be your only car ever like one yeah. two three tell me i can't I hear you can't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but... i can't hear you listener as people shouting Shout. yeah. <laughs> yeah. um I guess, I don't know, there, there aren't any rules to this. Like, he's not said it's the only car you're allowed to drive or anything like that. So I would go with, um, I'd just say an F40 because it's unlimited money. I'm never going to, it's my dream car. I'm never mm. going to have the money to buy one, I doubt, unless something ridiculous happens. Um, so, yeah, why not? 
F40. Good choice. And hopefully I'll have lots of other cars to drive because it's going to break. <laughs> um, do you want to go for one of yours again? Yep, go for it. I'll go for a more kind of in-depth, slightly serious one. Are you ready for oh, this? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I love this person's so very serious, but I'm laughing. <laughs> it's their username. Right. <laughs> so, um, username, accidental stuntman. Nice, um, I like yeah. that. Uh, so, uh, or asks, um, on ageism and sexism in Ooh. the classic car scene, yeah. uh, could classic car clubs do more to help? Love that question. Yes. Accidental stuntman. Um, yes, I, be- I certainly believe they can. Um, excuse the sound of a water bottle lid going back on there. Uh, I believe they can, because I think you're absolutely right. It's, a, it's an observation, actually, that you and I made mm-hmm. at the classic... I can't remember which one it was. Classic something, something, the NEC, something. Classic NEC. Car show would have been. Yeah. Yeah. Where it was basically um, middle to old age white man fest mm-hmm. with bald patch and grey hair and tartan or checkered shirt. And it does get a bit boring. And it's not, you know, this isn't absolutely no way a criticism or a critique towards the older gentleman in the classic car world, because of course it's not. I will be one of those older white gentlemen in the classic car world in not that many years. Um, it's the fact that it's, I, I worry sometimes that it sometimes looks a little bit exclusive mm-hmm. to those that aren't old white men. <laughs> um, and of course it isn't. And everyone that's in the industry will, will protest the same. But until we start seeing more people uh, that we recognise as young and from different backgrounds, then the more, you know, the, the more likely people are going to be encouraged to have a go and get involved themselves. Um, as to how you fix it, I oh, God, I really don't know because, of course, cl- clubs, car clubs, in general, I think the perception and the desire of car clubs has transformed massively in the past fifteen, twenty years. Uh, certainly, in the past ten years, because of things like social media mm-hmm. and um, Facebook groups and things like that. Forums, I guess, were a, were a sort of early change. But if you think back to car clubs as they were when we were kids in the nineteen nineties, early noughties. It was kind of based on you'd sign up to a yearly fee, you'd get a club magazine maybe once a quarter, they'd say, oh, we're having this lovely event at Blenheim Palace, come along and display your car, and you'd turn up with a flask and some sandwiches and talk to each other and then go away, and then that would be it for that month until the next month. And, of course, that in that sense, it was a bit sort of stuffy and old. And I was so bored. Yeah. I used to go to some of those because, again, you, that's what you do when, you, when you're into classic cars mm. and you think, oh, where, you know, where can I meet other people that's similar into classic car kind of interest and you're a 17, 18-year-old or whatever, and you go to these things and you think, why, why am I here? Mm. This is boring. And a lot of it is also about the, I don't know, I felt like I was being judged a lot of the time, like, oh, you're not as putting... As a girl or as... Mm, no, more out of the ageism, I think, more than oh. just... I think a girl may be partly to do with it, but it was more out of, oh, you're putting the wrong oil in your engine, it should right. be the... You know, whatever it might have been, or, you yeah. know, the, you've done this wrong, or whatever. Mm. It's, it's almost like a, I know more than you because I'm older. Yeah. Um, which is fine, but um, the... I, I don't think I ever experienced sexism in, in that, because a lot of the... Especially clubs, it tends to be a very... Um, uh, not I say clicky in in a, in a good way, but, but you know these these people who own these cars, it's usually them and their husbands, them and their wives, mm. and so it is a there are a lot of mixed, you know, a lot of guys and girls, and so that's all. It's, it did become like a family thing, but it was I, don't know, I, I experienced more ageism than sexism in, in those clubs, but personally. Mm. But what about you? Have you ever experienced either of those? Um, I again, I think I, I've kind of campaigned this a lot, and and always remind myself and others that I think I've got it quite easy mm. as firstly a bloke secondly a white bloke um thirdly 
somebody that's been able to have access to some quite cool cars over the years. So therefore, it's always been quite easy. It's always easier when you've got something quite cool that you can rock up to an event at and be like, cool, I'm part of it because look what I've brought. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, but what I do like doing is campaigning on behalf of people that don't have the same opportunities, i.e. ladies or you know, people that perhaps don't just have the funds to go and buy an old cool M car or mm-hmm. classic Porsche or something. Um, and I think it does need to change, but then, uh, well, I say that, well, I'm, you know, just thinking off the top of my head here, does it have to change? Because, of course, with regards to the way that people are social with their cars now or the generation difference that, say, under 40s, I think the way that under 40s do things with their cars versus over 40s do things with their cars is very different. And I think perhaps the next generation, so that kind of 40 and under group who are all quite internet social media dependent on how they go to events and how they share their cars i wonder if in 20 years from now events like a huge takeover of the nec will still be something that people want to go to or Mm -hmm. if they're more likely to go and have a meetup on a smaller group with their friends at a caffeine machine venue or a um you know hot spot for driving in wales or something like that i wonder if that's which is kind of the pattern i see now with younger drivers if they will always just do that instead um is there going to be as much of a car club scene in the sense of that clubhouse where you get your quarterly magazine and you go along to your blending palace with your cucumber sandwiches I, I, I do feel like that will die out um with the generation that frequent them now uh, i interestingly i went to nick mason's garden party recently i saw that sounds very flashy doesn't it uh, which I gather was once upon a time quite an exclusive supercar event. People would go along with cool cars and he'd get his cars out. And it was all very excellent because it's 10 tenths racing. Um, but now it's kind of turned into a village fate. And uh, the people that go along are either really quite obsessed with the cars, but annoyed because it's full of people that want to go to a village fate. Or it's people that are really annoyed because they want to go to a village fate. And annoyingly, it's full of cars. <laughs> and the two don't mix. <laughs> and I feel like that's what's happening to the classic car world at the moment. Um, but uh, yeah as for what's going to happen I don't know can't call it how does it get better I guess keep doing you like mm-hmm. if you're interested in this stuff and you, you want to be part of it you have every right to be part of it and be involved and enjoy these events as everyone else and nobody should feel excluded um, I often do think that a lot of the times when people do feel like they are excluded from the opportunity of doing something in the, in the car world uh, it's often misjudged mm-hmm. and, and they can just go and do it Um what I, but at the same time, I do recognise that if you are a girl or if you're from you know, a particular background where you think, well, I'm not that kind of person that, that I, I'm used to seeing, go and be that person. Mm-hmm. You know, go be brave. Go and talk to these people that don't look like you and don't talk like you. Because chances are, once they realise that you like the same cars as they do, they're going to welcome you in. Nobody's mm-hmm. going to go, oh, no, you're, you're a homosexual woman. Go away. <laughs> like, that's not how the world works anymore, thankfully. Thankfully. Um, so yeah, just keep, keep doing it. Keep enjoying it. You have every right, whoever you are, however you think, whatever you believe, you have every right to enjoy cars just as much as everyone else. Very, very well said. That's my opinion. Also, I think we're just finishing off with that one as well. Um, the, you know, we're not part of a world where we can only see each other. If we go to a club now, social media, you just look up a hashtag. Suddenly you find a lot of people who who like the same thing as you do. And then you find in that group of people, the people you like. And as you said... All, all good. All good from there. Exactly. And that's the reason that things like Caffeine and Machine are so brilliant. Because, yes. of course, there isn't... It's not... Yes, clubs go. But effectively, you can go to Caffeine and Machine and think of it as a club. 
as in it's a location I want to go to where I might see like-minded people. But there's no obligation to be who you who you think you need to be or anything. You just turn up, see somebody with a cool car, might see somebody with the same car, strike up a conversation, might turn out to be a relatively normal human being, have a drink with them, have a meal with them. There you go, made a friend. Yep. <laughs> right, you'll go for the next question. I have, uh, I got two questions from the speed machine underscore 35. Okay. I'd love to know uh, what the other 34 are doing, but the <laughs> speed machine number 35, uh, he's asked two, he, oh, sorry, sexist, he or she or they have asked um, two questions. I can merge the two together. The first one is what's Amy's favourite historic motorsport event? But then the second question, their second question, I apologise, have any of you attended the Le Mans Classic? Right, I'm going to answer them backwards. No, I've not attended the Le Mans mm. Classic. I think that would become my favourite historic mm. motorsport event. Um, at the moment, the my favourite would obviously be Revival. Very easy answer. Yeah. Because primarily, I don't think any other classic car event would have the same atmosphere. And purely from a photographic point of view, mm. when it comes down to... Every, you know, for, for me, it's never just about the cars, ever. If I've got the most beautiful classic cars whizzing around the track and in the paddocks and um that i'm photographing if i've still got uncle derek with his bright red i know waterproof jacket on with his purple hat and i don't know crocs <laughs> it's I not good. I couldn't work out where you're going then i realized oh because they're everyone's dressed in period costume right. yes sorry because yeah so because everybody's dressed in period costume in revival yeah most of the people anyway even when they've got you know period dress and like if it's raining they have the massive big like rain yeah. coat things yeah that's cute because you've still got the little heels on or whatever and it becomes mm. a nice little moment whereas yeah i just can't do Uncle Derek's. Sorry if yeah. anybody's a Derek and an uncle. Sorry, Derek. <laughs> um, so yeah, that would that would be for me. But I mean, have you been to Classic Milan? Oh, have I? Have uh, you? I used you to go have. every. It's a biannual event, and I think I've been to everyone with the exception of this year. Really? Which makes me sad. Uh, I've been to everyone since two thousand and eleven. Wow. Yeah. So uh, it is an incredible event, and I hand on heart say to you Amy Shaw you have to go to the next one which I think will now be 2024 mm-hmm. yeah um, it's as I say biannual event a bit like the Monaco Historic Grand Prix it happens every other year I think it's a variance of reasons like a lot of the cars that take part are kind of in all different corners of the world so the logistics of getting them all there for the event is is quite substantial as you can imagine um, but yes, as a festival, I, the one thing I've never done is the 28 modern day 24 hours of Le Mans. Mm-hmm. I've never been. Um, but the classic, I used to go each time with my old company. I used to co-run a company called Classic Grand Touring. That was what I was doing before the Driven Chat chapter. And I, as you can probably imagine, uh, didn't fare the best in the uh, pandemic. Uh, the company does live on, by the way, but I'm, I'm just no longer part of it and no longer a director. Um, but yeah, we used to go every every event was on we'd take a whole collection of uh, uk motorists out there we'd get the ferry across to st malo we'd drive across to the hotel de france we'd stay there for a night we'd then go and do the full weekend at the classic it is absolutely magical mm. um there are still a few trevors uh, english and french trevors and Derek's. Derek. sorry <laughs> Derek. i was like who's trevor, who's trevor? what's trev doing here um uh, there are Derek's and Trev's, but, uh, you know, again, an event of that size, I believe it's the only other event other than the 24-hour Le Mans that uses or utilises the full Circuit de la Sarthe, mm. huge, whatever it is, four-mile, oh my God, that completely wow. wrong, circuit. Um, 
it's amazing. They, yeah, they race through the night. You've got everything from pre-war blower Bentleys going around with exhaust manifolds glowing in the night because, cool. of course, they're ripping along. It's the Group C cars for me, Type 35. Um, yeah, uh, nine, uh, yeah, Porsche 911 turbos. Turbos at the back that are glowing purple and orange because they're so hot. And then on overrun going down the start-finish straight, they're just pouring unburnt fuel at the back. So it's just one big like jet of fire coming out the back. It's just magical. It's a magical event. Um, that's just the nighttime stuff. And the daytime stuff's amazing. The paddocks are amazing. Uh, yes, everyone in the world at some point needs to experience the Le Mans Classic. So yes, in answer to your question, the Speed Machine underscore 35. Yes, I have. <laughs> it's incredible. And Amy Shaw will be there in 2024. Yes. Maybe we'll go together. Yeah, let's be do fun, that. Friends. Friends. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. How, how many more questions should we, should we go through? Let's try and do another three each. Okay. Oh, cool. Mm. Okay, then this, we can do this. Um, okay. I'm going to go... Sorry, I'm skimming over these. Um, I will just go with an easy one because I can answer it and then move on from all of my three. Where are your spectacles from? They are amazing. Thank you very much. <laughs> I think, guess you're talking to me, not um, to John Marker, who no. does not wear spectacles. No. So, um, Santarelli, uh, they are Lindbergh frames. So, that's what you can Lindberg. look... Lindbergh. 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 Yes. As somebody that doesn't wear glasses, mm. you might as well have made that up. <laughs> They're um, uh, Laboratoire Garnier Ferrero Rocher. All <laughs> yeah, right, I'll write that down. Yeah, that sounds great. Precisely. So, um, Lim, Lim, where? Lindbergh. 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 Sounds like a lovely town the, just outside Austria. I think it was, I think the Danish, ah. or, or, I don't know. I don't know, Swedish, something like that. Mm, pastry. Anyway. <laughs> but I can move on from that one then. Um, okay. Uh, oh, I'm going to go for a difficult one again. Utopia underscore restorations. Ah, oh, I like him. Do you? Yeah, oh, he's nice. Cool. This is good then. Well, he asks, what do you think will happen to the classic car businesses with the way the market is going? Mm. 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 Hopefully well, because I own one. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Move on. Um, my personal opinion, I think they will always the, the ones that are good and that stand out will always be good in the same way that the family run blacksmiths and um, farriers that do horseshoes have still continued and carry on um i i think yeah there are there will of course be a demise and there will be a slight reduction in companies that specialize in this sort of stuff partly because a lot of it is run by um old men with beards mm -hmm. and leather aprons and unfortunately a lot of them will end up retiring um and moving on and their their roles won't be replaced because of course a lot of people don't share that same necessity to understand how things work and nuts and bolts and things. Uh, but that said, there are the the Will Haynes of the world that mm. are of our generation, and there are younger people than us, um, you know, ten years younger than us, who are absolutely still having a real vested interest in keeping these old machines working. Uh, Karim is a, yes. another friend of ours that is worth mentioning. Who uh, is is he is a 80-year-old bearded man consumed <laughs> in a 20-something body. Still bearded um, man. Still a bearded man, yeah. Uh, but it, it's people like Karim, it's people like Will, it's people like that who, who run these companies that will still exist. And I believe for ever and ever, years and years and years, decades beyond when we finally pop our clogs, there will be people who will continue working on these old things because people love them. Yep. And what's interesting as well from uh, now working in that side of things, rather than just the consumer end where we have a lovely time, mm. um, the actual kind of make, supply, fix and so on service, um, we now try to find other fairly young people to work with because of, you know, if you get on with these people, and this is a relationship that you'll have for a very long time to be able to make sure you can trust your suppliers and they trust you as mm. their customers, um, 
to be able to create the, the products that you want to create. So the people that we work with, we try to find people who are all kind of under 50, I'll, I'll say, which is mm. still fairly, fairly kind of uh, late, to, uh, you know, fairly you know, older, mm. but not like, you know, as you said, some of these really old boys, which sadly don't necessarily, um, might not be on social media or um, yeah, aren't true. moving with times. And so I have no people no, no one wants to take on their their own business as well so the people that we work with we've got and the most amazing paint guy mm. who is i think he's 25 26 and nice. he but he runs his own paint shop with three or four of the blokes as well and the, honestly the work is incredible we have to ah. travel a long way to get him but we want to because we we think you know great person to get on with we'll know you for a very long time um yeah. this is gonna be something that carries on so i think yeah the the, the as you've said john very yeah wonderfully is that these places are going to continue but mm. as you said i think it's going to become um yeah the 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 ones that can't continue will not it won't mm. somebody not lo- loads of people won't suddenly pop up and be like oh hey yeah. i'm gonna make a new business because that person isn't there anymore it's just gonna be that person will go yeah and then what remains will hopefully be a really wonderful enthusiastic younger group of people i think um so yeah yeah same with our fabrication guys under under 40 fantastic again everyone who's doing it is doing it because they love being in this industry that's the difference isn't it between old cars again i'll focus on my my fond era of pre-war uh versus modern day cars it's that it it's not just a case of take a modern day i'm looking out into our car park now there's a um range rover velar there is a peugeot van and there's a driven chat branded mercedes glc <laughs> you could take either of those three cars into pretty much any backstreet garage and say can you do a service for me and they'll go yeah sure they'll crack on with it or they'll plug in the diagnostics find out what's wrong with it and then fix it but with the old stuff it's not about just being able to rock up to a workshop and go can you fix this because that takes the kind of knowledge that's been taught by passion by mm. hand it's been handed down it might be a family business it might be a apprenticeship that you started or somebody started when they were very young and then has learned and learned and learned on the job it's it's a whole different craft completely Mm -hmm. isn't it when it comes to understanding how and why these machines work in the way that they do um but yes those people will still still exist and i feel like the um at the demise of the exciting car um these people should be kind of heralded as wizards almost because <laughs> we need them if we want our yep. industry to continue but what's interesting is that as well um going for, you know will is only 29 years old so mm. he going back to one of our previous questions he definitely experiences ageism in uh, like oh um, god yeah it, with well, I bet he does. the some of the the supplies that we've used in the past basically have looked at him and said like, what the hell do you know and he's had mm. to pr- and, um not prove himself but like really say no i'm, I'm here for a good reason and yeah, yeah. that's almost another reason why we like working with younger people as well because we're like if you can show us that you've got the skills then why on earth would I not use you? There are definitely people like our engine man. Oh, he's the most adorable man. He's, he's he must be seventy something, but mm. he, he treats us like equals. And you're just like that. These are the people that you want to work with. So no, it's um it's definitely going to be the the ones where I don't know if they're not going to try and move with the times, get on with the people who are coming up, and or if they're trying to be um what's it called when you've been like I'm better than you. What's the word? Uh, arrogant, arrogant, patronising, yes, along those lines. Then, yeah, we we don't want to work with those people. So, yeah, good. Sorry, there's my there's my answer to that. There's your answer. Um, I've got another quick fire one, which I can answer. I've actually already messaged them back on social media because I was hoping it was going to go somewhere. Mercedes Trucks UK asked, does anyone at Driven Chat have an HGV license? Oh, no. I've got a trailer license, but everyone's got a trailer license now, haven't they? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's £600 down the drain. That's solved. (laughs) Um, uh, The answer to that, Mercedes Trucks UK, is no, and I would love one. (gasps) Maybe. (gasps) Can we go and learn how to drive an HGV? 
I would do that. If Mercedes Trucks UK want to put us both on a little HGV course, I would totally do that. Do you think if we say Mercedes Trucks UK enough on this podcast episode that maybe, and if everyone were to follow Mercedes Trucks UK and maybe comment on their latest post. On Mercedes Trucks UK's on Mercedes post. Trucks mm-hmm. U, at Mercedes Trucks UK's Instagram handle and say, hey, I think John and Amy from Driven Chat should definitely go and do an HGV license. Wouldn't that be amazing content that everyone would love to watch and mm-hmm. hear about on a podcast? I mean, Mercedes Trucks UK must really have to think about it. I really that. hope that Mer- at Mercedes Trucks UK um, think about it at least <laughs> because it would be fun. Yeah. It would be very good fun. Uh, maybe maybe that could be the thing. How many how many things can we fill on the back of the licenses? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. Unless there was, I don't know, another truck company that might want no, <laughs> <Yeah. joking. laughs> Podcast at drivenchat.com. Uh, right. Uh, that was a quick that fire, was fire one. Go, go on. Uh, shall I do another no, you one? Do another one. I I've did got an, another very, very quick fire one. Uh, the question, see if you can guess who this comes from. Uh, what's who's the best vicar that you've ever interviewed? <laughs> is it by any chance a vicar of the name um, Adam? It is. Yes. Which on uh, Instagram is Revs Limiter. Revs Limiter. Yeah, I, I would have forgotten that as well if it wasn't. I have to think about that then. Yes, uh, Revs Limiter on Instagram is indeed the best vicar we've ever interviewed, and so far the only vicar. <laughs> By the by, I'm sure if we'd interviewed another five, he'd still be the best. He's definitely the best. I've met a lot of vicars. I mean, I've met one recently with get, getting married in a oh, church. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, we, Willem and I actually asked each other, we're like, do we think we could get Rev Adam <gasps> to come and marry us in another church? And we're like, I don't think we're allowed to do that. He could give us maybe oh, some of the... might be. I don't know. I well, now gonna, I feel a bit guilty towards gonna, my, my current vicar, gonna, Jerry. Have you said yes to Jerry? We've said yes to. Oh, we're not. Well, I know, but we. So, but I mean, yeah. Anyway, we've not discussed any of this with Adam yet. So. He's hearing it now for the first time. <laughs> but as the uh, as the nephew of a vicar, that might surprise of a course, few people. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you that, that it is it is mostly possible. Is it? Mm. Mm. So Jerry might not mind. Uh, maybe I might have to ask Jerry in that case. Does Jerry like cars? Jerry, Jerry did not say anything about cars. <laughs> Would Jerry love a? Beautifully hand-drawn picture of a car <laughs> from another clergyman. Maybe, oh, we can make this I'll work. I'll just email him. Jerry, Jez. Can I call Je- you Jez? Jez. I mean... Jez, 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 Jez. <laughs> Maybe Jez is a secret... That's his name now. Maybe Jez is a secret listener to the Driven Chat <laughs> podcast and he's building up a character reference or something. Um, as you can tell, I've, I'm quite dissociated from the church myself. I'm not entirely sure how it all works other than some blood relations. Um, but maybe he listens to the Driven Chat podcast. Maybe so. And now I can just say, Jez, can I maybe ask Reverend Adam Gompertz to yeah. marry us in your church? If that's okay, cool. He can give you a really nice picture. Maybe or I'll ask him. do we do what we've just done with at Mercedes Trucks UK and see if we can get a bidding war from <laughs> clergy around the country? If you are a vicar and you'd like to marry Amy and Will, it's podcast driven. I'm joking. I'm joking. I wonder how many clergy we have listening. I don't know. Maybe we'll never know. Anyway. That could be an interesting podcast. Or you know, not just of uh, the Christian faith, but, you know. I, yeah, any of... Imams, any of... You know, rabbis. We'd you love it. to have a chat. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember Top Gear? You probably... I don't know if you would remember this. It was in the early, 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 maybe season one, or one or two, of the reformat of BBC Top Gear, which sounds now bizarre to say because there's been about six since, but the early 2000s, the, when Clarkson, Hammond and May started, I think it, at this point it was only Clarkson and Hammond, um, but they got the stick and they do it at Dunsford, and they actually had a um, who's the fastest religion or something like that. <laughs> so they got a rabbi 
imam, a priest. A, I, yeah, not sure you could get away with it I these days. I don't think you could get away with it. Uh, but then there were lots of things. If you go back on YouTube and watch a few clips from that early era of Top Gear, there's a lot of things you watch on that now going, how did they get away <laughs> with that? How? So, uh, well, now I need to know the answer. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Um, I'm trying to have a look if I've got any more questions. Um, Let's have a little skim. (laughs) I've just seen one that's really made me laugh. Go on, then. Which is very relevant to the time that we're recording this, but this is going out in a couple of weeks. So uh, by the time it goes out, it might not be as relevant, but it's when will you announce Oscar Piestri is joining the Driven Chat team? Which, of course. (laughs) I'm still confused. As well. I've not had an up- seen an update on that yet. It's bizarre. I mean, as as somebody who's not a Formula One fan, I occasionally will watch a race if it's on, uh, but I'm not by any stretch of the imagine a uh, a Formula One fan. Uh, I think this season has been dubbed the silly season or something like I've that because it's so bizarre. But yeah, people are announcing too many things too early. Alpine announced that somebody was going to be driving from them when that somebody had actually then tweeted, no, what? No, on, no I haven't said I haven't <laughs> said I'm driving you guys at all. But then they've left all the po- the post and the and the story up, and I'm like, okay, there's an argument that's happening right now. We I've, don't know. Um, a, a very very good friend of mine is on the uh, social media team and PR team for Alpine F1 now, and I've, I've I've held back so far from sending her a message again. What the hell is going on? So I had a very good friend that was in that position and then left. So I think your friend has taken mm-hmm. my friend's position. So I've not been able to... I, I would have probably messaged my friend being like, oh. as you know, I don't think I could have done that either. No, no. Oh. But hey, Helen, what the hell's going on? <laughs> um, sorry, right. Um, is it your turn? I think it is. I, is I th- okay, then. Um, let's... Uh, oh, that's a photo thing. Mm-hmm. Photo things are okay. Okay, you know what? I'll ask this one because... Um, I think I mentioned this before we start recording, and oh. I think we can both answer it. It's a bit of a photo thing, but you can have an answer as well if you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, user 3126 star, literally the word star, uh, asks, <laughs> what was the toughest car shoot you had to do and why? Ooh. So we've both done car shoots. I've been the shooter. You've usually been the driver, rider, whatever. Ooh. Yeah, I guess it could be used for both you as a uh, mm. stills photographer, me doing presenty things yeah. with cars oh, the toughest one I, do you know that the well it wasn't tough tough but we both together did the defender um the defender 110 film in wales yes which whilst it wasn't it wasn't like a it although now that i now that i really put my memory <laughs> to it it was quite an eventful <laughs> shoot wasn't it in the sense that we ended up so steve who uh, is no longer with us within the company, but maybe listening. Um, Steve has moved on to bigger and better things. Um, came up with a great idea as our director to take the brand new Defender 110 up a hill in West Wales in Carmarthenshire called the Dunlop Hill. Dunlop Hill. Dunlop yep. Hill. Um, all the signs were there that this was going to be an amazing shoot. And bear in mind, at this point, we'd already been off-road a little bit. We'd done a bit of green laning. Uh, he'd got some of his friends, local friends from Carmarthenshire, to come out and show us the way um, in their very capable off-road cars. And the Defender, the new Defender was amazing. Mm-hmm. Your old 110 yep. was incredible as well. And then the kind of the, the, the climax of the film was going to be Dunlop Hill. When we arrived to Dunlop Hill and we saw a sign that said, 
uh, road passable only by motorcycles or yes. something like that. Although that was, I think that was one of the oldest. Um, wasn't wasn't the story that it was was only passable by motorcycle up until the um, the original the, Land Rover the series one Land Rover That's came right. out. That's right. That's right. Yes, you you. I'd forgotten that. You're absolutely right. Uh, so yeah, that was the story that we yes. were going to go down. What ended up happening was Dunlop Hill was so difficult to drive up that we actually only got we featured it as in it was in the film, but the the drama, the jeopardy, genuine jeopardy. At Honestly. one point, I thought the car genuinely, and we can say this now because it's well over a year and a half since uh, Jaguar Land Rover lent us that particular car, and I promise you, the next car you lend us, we won't do it again. <laughs> Um, the car was unharmed, just to <laughs> put anyone's mind at rest, completely, genuinely unharmed. Uh, but there were more than one occasion where I thought either um, your car, uh, through no fault of your driving, I'll make that very clear, might end up coming back on us because we were effectively driving up wet, loose stones, not yep. gravel, stones. Imagine the rockiest, stoniest, pebbly beach you've ever been on in your life. Now imagine that on a... 45 50 degree incline might be exaggerating a little bit but a very steep incline and then trying to drive up that mm-hmm. uh, you're in your um 110 i was in the brand new 110 following so there was firstly me thinking if amy's tires lose grip mm-hmm. there's you know there's nothing you as a driver can do at that point because you're on loose stones just you, you, you might your on, you're, you're just, just going to come back yeah. yeah physics is physics and you can't unfortunately defeat it um and there was so there was that first concern. The second concern, there were a couple of very tight hairpin turns where if you got it slightly wrong, and I'm not exaggerating, the car would have rolled down a hill, ended up in a river, probably upside down. And I, the only way, and I genuinely remember thinking this at the time, at the point that it was just too, we, we're up and you can't reverse because it's so narrow, so steep. Uh, you've got every sensor on the new Defender beeping, <laughs> screaming. <laughs> you turn it off, they start screaming again. <laughs> and I remember thinking, if this falls off the road and I end up in that river, the only way that the car is getting out and getting recovered is via Chinook. There is there is no way a crane or anything else is getting anywhere near to the location we're at now to get us out the only way if Landro if JLR want this car back they're going to have to strap a chain to the bottom and lift it via Chinook helicopter yeah um, we didn't fall down the hill but there were a number of times where that particular two hours of that weekend film shoot I definitely thought we've made a mistake <laughs> and, yes there, there were a certain there were, yeah I think there's a point where I, as you said I was trying to get over I don't know what it was, half a tree, I think, at some yeah, point. Yeah, it was, and then, it was. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I think I turned around to you, to you in the... in the, you know, We had a cameraman each in, in each car. Yep. And I turned around to you, stuck my head out the defend, my defender window, and I said, John, I can't do this. And you just shouted back, yes, you can. Yeah. <laughs> and that was for two reasons. Firstly, because I wanted to give a bit of moral support. <laughs> but secondly, because you had to. It was like, was... you can, Amy. <laughs> God's sake, please, you have to do this. Because there was, there was literally, we could not have... That was the scary thing. There was, as you said, no, absolutely no way of turning back at no, that point at all. No. It was... The point of no return. Yeah. Definition of. It, it was onwards and upwards and that yeah, was it, yeah. whether you liked it or not. But oh. we did it. We got to the top. It proved <laughs> how amazing that Defender 110 is. Um, unfortunately, from the point of view of what we captured, you get a maybe... 
a percent of the actual jeopardy of what it was. Um, I must still have the GoPro footage somewhere of me in the car just swearing. The air <laughs> was blue in that Defender 110 because I was thinking, yeah, if I was in, if it was my own car, I wouldn't have been at all that bothered. But the fact that I was in a press car, it was a brand new press car. This was the time where the Defender was so new that every outlet had basically four days with the car. Mm-hmm. Like usually you get a week, sometimes you get two weeks. If you're very lucky, you get a long-term loan, a month to a three-month loan. Um, yeah, I the whole time was thinking, I'm going to put this car on its roof in a river and I'm never going to be lent a press car in my life ever again. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm going to try. Genuinely, going to try and dig out that footage when work calms down a little bit, and see if I can find me in a Land Rover Defender just constantly swearing uh, in in a mild panic. And I'm generally not somebody that panics. It was no, more you're just a very horizontal. Oh no, I'm going to crash the car. <laughs> <laughs> but we did it. So that is the answer to my question. I don't know if you have a, a more stressful experience. Uh, that was probably the most stressful. Um, this uh, the next stressful um, in terms of a shoot. Shoot. I mean. When it comes to a difficult shoot, a difficult shoot is something I imagine to be a boring car in the most uh. sunny June, July day where nothing is atmospheric and there's nothing I can work with. They are yeah. difficult shoots, not out of any form of experience type of thing. It's tr- how do I make this look good mm. and my work be respected at the end of it still. So there are certain shoots that I've never produced because I'm like, this was horrendous. The outcome, really? no, not horrendous. The client were happy, you know, would have been happy, but it just... Not your proudest work. No. And I just think, and sometimes it's been like, I did an amazing shoot once, um, but basically with, with a really cool car. And I'm not in love with the photographs because it was one of those, I'm just like, ah, it's, it's just, it's lacking depth. And I hate high summer shoots. So just the, just don't do it. Wait till autumn. Just do everything in autumn. It's amazing. Good tip. Yeah, definitely. If you want a really good car shoot, go for October, middle to late of October. I guess unless you're in a desert. Yeah. It's not very dramatic. It's no. just blue and hot and sunny and bright. It's green <laughs> or, in this case, yellow grass and What fields. about, uh, yeah, what about, though, early, very early morning summers, like yeah. dawn but or golden hour? True. All fine. But that's like 3.30 in the morning. Yeah, you're giving yourself two very short windows yeah. to get everything right. And you can you? do like, yeah, so if you, if you do like kind of a sunrise, I've had some people say, yeah, you know, we don't worry about the middle of the day. Middle of the day. We'll do some little bits. We'll do like sunrise and sunset. And I'm mm. like, Mate, you know that's like twenty hours apart. Like I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. not gonna. Yeah, like yeah. It, it's a the sunrise. So we'll have great shots at like between four a.m. Maybe between four and six a.m. And then when the next great shots are literally going to be between eight and ten at night. And I am you are not paying me enough for that. <laughs> my, my day rate's a day rate, but don't take them. Yeah. This, oh, that is that's one of my biggest. Uh, when, yeah. Day rates twenty four hours, right? Honestly, don't even you 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 laugh. Really? There are people that I'm like, but we've got your day rate. I'm like, that's the. It should be. It's averaging like eight hours. So yeah. now I've had to start saying to people, I've had to be like, okay, roughly when do you want me to get there? And when you yeah, know? And then yeah, just yeah, anyway. Yeah. Uh, mode about that but I won't do that you go back to them and say when when do you start working in the morning what time <laughs> and what time do you send the clock off oh, oh one o'clock in the afternoon because you're a PR yeah <laughs> not all PRs no, not must all make PRs, that but clear. um but no okay so a very quick answer to 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 uh, shoot probably when I had 40 minutes to shoot um what I imagine is going to be a a Formula One Grand Prix winner with a Formula One Grand Prix winner of um uh-huh. Charles Clerk and Sebastian Vettel with Ferrari Monza in Italy and had 40 minutes to get the full article of shots. Um, oh, my word. Each of them individually, each of them in the car, tracking shots, panning shots. Um, 40 minutes? 40 minutes, yeah. Who thought that would even be possible? 
Was it possible? Did you it do it? Was pos- it was possible. Blimey. It was. Um, again, it was in the middle of summer, high certain, and I was like, this is not easy. Mm. But they were super easy to work with. Um, ah. Really, really lovely people. Um, and then, yeah, managed to get a load of shots. That was happy enough with and it was if it was lower light I'd be really happy with them it's just it was the high sun which put me off and there's not really much mm. you can do about it when you're in an Italian field um, so yeah mm. but it worked out well that was probably one of the toughest shoots well done nice yeah there we are that's cool but you did it and that's why you get paid the big bucks Boo! that's why I get paid bucks bucks some <laughs> some bucks, bucks. Uh, I don't know if I've exhausted all my seemingly unconventional opinion but old rovers for the win love the pod but need to catch up on it that's what's coming <laughs> from life of Birchie uh, I, like I will uh, take your comment about old rovers with a pinch of salt I guess it depends how old um, but uh, yeah yeah, I think I used to hide under the dash of my dad's old Rover when he drove me to school because I was so embarrassed about it. So, <laughs> but now I think I would love one. That's, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've had a couple of very specific photography-related questions, mm-hmm. which I won't answer on here, but I will slightly plug a blog post that I did because it nice. answers all of your questions. Yes, do that. I literally wrote a thing called how to be a car photographer and it's on my website and you can find it if you google how to be a car photographer it helps maybe if you put amy short on the end but you don't need to and it's literally everything i've ever learned about car photography and um yes so like one of the questions was how do you find first clients Uh, the other question we had what lenses do you use so on and so forth everything i've ever been asked i've written in that blog post so that's it's really long and it's free and it's free yeah what i know and then when people say hey can you come do like talks for us i just basically talk all about all of that so yeah it's um... just print off some pamphlets <laughs> just give them that to everyone as they walk in through and read that read that read that stand up at the beginning and go hi i'm amy shaw um i'm here read that thanks very much good night cheery bye <laughs> so um yeah but uh that's my it's not a shameless plug because i don't get anything for it other than no you guys enjoying it no um, kids. yeah uh, that's 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 all I think I have on mine. Yeah, I'm quite happy with that. I guess. Oh, there is one other question, but I don't really know how to answer it. So um, here is a question for the community. Okay. Uh, it's from Breaks and uh, sorry, Breaks and Bakes. Breaks and Bakes, which I believe is a... cars and cakes. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> I believe this is a motorcycle rider that likes to bake cakes. Oh yes. Um, might be a, making an unfair assumption there. Uh, the question is where to keep updated about motor-related events. Thank you. Genuinely, I don't know. Maybe we need to make the Driven Chat app um, where we. I know. I'm just putting this out there right now. Quite busy at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> But you, you mean you haven't got more time to learn oh, how to God. make apps and make one? Um, yeah, the thing is, I know, I do know, there are a few websites out there. Um, I'm trying to think which ones. I'm, way, I'm thinking way back to when I was running event companies. and I used to have a couple of people that would message me periodically. It, it has been attempted. There are websites out there. The problem is, though, the automotive industry is so broad now. Mm-hmm. It's not just let's meet at a local pub and and, um, display our cars. It's people that are into different makes and models and marks and variations of makes and models and marks, Um, which means that if you tried to list everything, I think it would be impossible. However, maybe there is. You know, perhaps there is somebody listening at home that says, no, you fool, Um, the website you want is so-and-so-events.com and and that'll come up. I know there are websites that I've used for 
uh, track days. If you know, looking to find out track days, there are some platforms where track day operators um, can host their sites or their their events, sorry, on the site, and then you can click through and put in a particular window of dates, and you can see what events are happening where. Um, but as as for whether that exists in the car world, car events world, I don't know. Well, I mean, in my head. It- I can visualise how it would look and I yeah. would just like to have somebody make it and I would happily help someone make it but, mm. but in terms of giving them ideas not I can't do anything computery but like where you have a literally you know a map a U, for example a UK map mm. people can input their own events it doesn't have to be yeah. something that people... it's moderated I guess so. yeah yeah and it's not going to be like hey we should all meet up and drive silly through these villages or yeah. whatever but you know you can filter through the cars that you like or through mm. the brands again if it's one's track or a bigger event or I don't know some, something along those lines then mm. you can basically say oh hey there's a meet on the dates that I'm free that's kind of nearby and the cars that I like maybe I yeah. can then you like register saying hey can I come to your event and someone's like hey yeah you can come along or like whatever that's what I imagine would happen mm. maybe I will have a look into this genuinely yeah. really um, yeah cool anyone looking for a job drop me an email <laughs> podcast drivenchat.com <laughs> Uh, for web and app developers. Uh, <laughs> right, I think. Where are we at? Hour and a half. We've, we've been chatting. Chat, chat for a while. It's nice, isn't it's it? It's good. Though? Good catch nice, up. Nice. I think we should do a listeners' letters episode as often as we can. I know we've said that before, uh, but if we try and do it either monthly or bi-monthly, mm-hmm. where you and I sit down and our dear listener who's now sat at home going, God, I wish they'd read my question. Why don't you do that? Podcast at drivenchat.com. Send us an email and um, ask us what you would like us to tell you. Uh, tell us a story, perhaps. If you can make us stories. laugh. If you can yes. make us laugh more than the man that nearly died choking on a strawberry. <laughs> Then, but, um, you know, if you watched on like TikTok and stuff, the there's the, that ra- the radio presenters that just read out people's letters. Yeah. So think, oh my goodness, the Australian I, guys. Yes, that's yeah, it. Yeah. I am in bits laughing. Like <laughs> we're, honestly, we're, Will and I sometimes just watch TikTok in, in bed, and we are in such fits of laughter that then we can't go to sleep. <laughs> so we, so, yeah. if, you, if you can make us laugh with your car-related stories of things that have maybe gone wrong a little bit, or yes. times you've broken down, or you've tried to take I know a date out and then something's gone wrong, or Yes. With the car. Yes. Yes. I mean, that would any be of the stories. Fantastic. And we will aim to do an episode in September, perhaps. Yes. Uh, where we share those stories with you. That would be much appreciated. The website, uh, sorry, the email address again, podcast at drivenchat.com. Uh, I mentioned the word website there, and it's worth me saying um, we have one. Sometimes I like to remind people because, again, people often just think we are just a podcast or just a radio show or just a social media feed there's quite a lot to what we do and you can see it all on the website uh, there are some long form articles um i joked earlier about trying to write a 500 word article about the malay mile which i wouldn't have been able to do because most of my articles are absolutely massive so there are long form and short form articles on our website uh, the long forms are all written by me i mentioned that royal enfield that i've had for six months well i've written about that and guess what it's 2000 words uh, you can go onto the website now and you can see what it's like to live with royal enfield for six months uh, as well as a full consumer review uh, a genuine actual review uh, by me i've also recently driven the morgan super 3 mm. which is incredibly cool. lucky uh, because as of yet they are not available to drive it was a pre-production prototype uh, but i was invited to take part in a charity event with that car and i wrote all about that on our website as well so you can see that um, then other things more kind of um, general review things like the g42 m240i that i also mentioned earlier on. it's almost as if i planned this but i didn't <laughs> the structure of how i've actually talked about things in this podcast uh, has quite nicely uh, tallied up into 
um, how the article was written. Um, and there are other ones as well. DTO Motorsport, we've spoken about those guys a few times. You've done some work with DTO I Motorsport recently as well, DTO, Danny yes. and the team there. Um, I've, again, written a very long article about my day with DTO Motorsport, and a lot of people are really enjoying that one. It seems to be one of the most hit articles we have on our website at the moment. Uh, we also have another writer that does some short-form articles for us as well called Graham. Um, Graham's recently talked about the Honda Civic, or as I've typed it on my agenda here, the Hyundai Civic, uh, but it is <laughs> Honda Civic. The new Range Rover and the Mustang E. Uh, so all of that you can see. Those are just the written articles that you can see on our website. Also on our website, you can see quite a few photographs taken by our very own Amy Shaw. So we've got some pages there. We can sc just scroll endlessly through photographs, including there is a gallery called Defenders Old and New, where you can see the photo shoot from the video shoot, all taken by Amy, of the, uh, the trip that we did in the two Defenders. That is one of my all-time favourite galleries that you've ever done. Cool. I love that gallery because it's, firstly, because the photos are excellent, but secondly, because it uh, brings back all sorts of memories of stress and fear. Uh, <laughs> we also have a YouTube channel, which I'm sure by now you're probably aware of if you are aware of all the other things we do with social media. Uh, the Royal Enfield that I have for six months, there is going to be a review of that coming soon, if not out already by the time this episode airs. Uh, so have a look out for that. But other recent videos that seem to be gaining a lot of traction are the Aston Martin DBS video that I filmed with Bonhams. Uh, the car went up for sale and sold at the Goodwood Festival of Speed, and it was the car that was used in No Time to Die, which makes it quite cool. Um, and then also another coming soon video. There are lots of existing videos that are already on the website, but another one that's coming soon is 50 Years of BMW M. That's a celebration video that I filmed um, with Partridge BMW. They are lovely friends down in Hampshire. And they very kindly arranged in their showroom for a collection of some of the most iconic BMW M cars, including an original BMW M1. Um, it just a bonkers E28 M5 as well. Just amazing, amazing, amazing cars. We are working on an edit at the moment, which is proving to be quite a big one. So therefore, if there are a few people, in fact, that have asked questions saying, you recently were doing things with BMWs, when's the video going to be out? Honest answer is, I don't know, uh, because it's it's a big one. It's going to involve a lot of voiceover. It's going to involve a lot of added in video features. It's going to add. A, uh, it's going to be some car driving in it. It's a huge one. And poor old Luke um, is working behind the scenes, making it cinematically beautiful. I can't wait to bring it to you. But make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel and then you'll see it when it comes out. Hooray! Which Hooray. is either going to be within the next few weeks or possibly November. But it will definitely be <laughs> this year because, of course, it is be very irrelevant if it wasn't 50 years of BMW M. Um, everything else you can see that we do on social media. Again, I assume that you are following us already on social media, but if you're not, it's at Driven Chat on Instagram. If you'd like to follow Amy and Amy's Adventures, Amy Shaw Photography. Easy. If you'd like to follow me, it's John Markar. You're Easy. very lucky that you've got just your name. Well, I am lucky, but it's only because I have a very strangely spelt surname. Because <laughs> everyone spells it wrong. It's M-A-R-C-A-R, -A -R, by the way. John Markar. Um, and yes, it's a real name. Just... <laughs> Everybody asks me that question. Yes, it's my real name. It's uh, of Armenian descent. Um, yeah, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, yeah, that's me, John Markar, and at Amy Shaw Photography, if you want to see what we're doing. Of course, there is the rest of the team. There's Rachel Downey, Rachel Downey TV, and... We've got everything on our website. Go and have a look at the website. You can see all of us there in our merry ways. Um, right. We promised the listener that they might hear us singing. So, Tom, uh, do your thing. Is there anything, before we get into our lovely swan song, is there anything else you need to, or any other business? Yeah, I don't think 
so. I've had a really nice time. I've enjoyed this. I'm looking forward to the next one now. Yeah. Yay. The team is back. Yeah. Well, I mean, it never really went away. But, you know, it's it's an ever-evolving team and it grows and it changes and it adapts. But effectively, we're all still here. We're all still doing what we do. Um, Different people will bring you different types of content. And, you know, that's what people tend to like. So. Mm That's good, isn't it? Um, just thinking, have I missed anything? Have I missed any questions? Uh, oh, there was one question from Dan Wright. I can't read the question out, but the answer is yes, and you know it. Um, more on that in about 10 years. Um, thank you very much for listening. Amy, it's been an honour to have you back. Oh, thank you Genuinely, actually. Me. I actually really enjoyed it. Because I thoroughly enjoyed this. You, you, where the hell have you been? Well. <laughs> Should we start again? <laughs> <laughs> it's on loop. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Enjoyed this. Me too. Let's chat again sometime. Let's do that. Dear listener, podcast at drivenchat.com if you want your questions to be featured. We do also put shout outs on our social media feeds uh, with those lovely question things on Instagram stories so you can always reply to it then. So keep an eye on the Driven Chat feeds, my feeds, Amy's feeds, everyone else's feeds. You'll be able to see what's coming up and when the questions are being asked. Until next time. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you genuinely very much for listening. If you'd like to leave us a review, please do. If you'd like to share this episode with a friend, please do. It makes a huge difference. We have hundreds of thousands of listeners now, which is just amazing, but we'd love more. So uh, the more people you can share this with, um, the better it is for us, the better the quality of content we'll get, and the more adventures we'll be able to go on and effectively keep churning out this big, big old media machine, which to all of you is absolutely free. That's mad, isn't it? It's magic. Free. You're getting this quality for free. Not a penny. Now, here's our song. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye. Guess who's back on the podcast this week? Da, 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 da. Guess who's back? Back again. Amy's back. <laughs> oh, right, let's record the podcast. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Oh, wow. You've made it to the end. The very end. And it's John Markar here again, reminding you that this podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now run its course and has come to an end. To find the new format, search the Driven podcast in your preferred podcast app or head on over to the website driven.site to find some quick and easy links through to the new episodes in the new formats on your preferred apps. Thanks. Bye.